At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Spending some time reconnecting with nature this summer? Here's a camping hack from L.L. Bean to make your next trip the best yet. When putting together your gear, wrap a piece of duct tape around your water bottle. It's barely noticeable, but if another piece of gear breaks or tears, pull off your tape to make a quick patch or repair. For more camping hacks, visit youtube.com slash L.L. Bean. L.L. Bean. Be an outsider. And boom goes the dynamite. It is Monday night, everyone, and you know what that means. Welcome to a new episode of The Boom. I'm your host, as always, James B. McDaniel. But on a week where every faction in AEW broke up, broke up I kicked Kevin Ely to the curb. This week, we've got my good buddy Mike Gilbert from the Brace for Impact podcast. A lot of you have him p- pigeonholed as an impact guy. But Mike Gilbert watches everything, and I'm excited to get him on here to talk about Impact. I'm sorry, to talk about AEW <laughs> before Kevin worms his way back into this show next week. Mike, how's it going? Uh, it's, I'm excited to be here, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, I've been uh, I've been trying to weasel my way out of this show for a while, man. I keep I keep <laughs> I keep throwing some hints out there. I'm like, hey guys, uh, you know, I can talk about more than just Impact. I have an Impact podcast because I'm like the only guy that watches that show. So yeah. like that, you need people like me around. But I, I would say um, since the inception of AEW, the amount of hours I've spent watching AEW is probably more than Impact. Um, right. Ma- mainly because they have more hours of TV every week. But, you know, I, I, I do. I, I've probably watched either equal or more hours of uh, AEW and I follow it very closely. Uh, so I'm really excited to get to talk about it. You know, this is something it's not super timely, but I want to ask you about it since I have you here. Mm-hmm. What like were you kind of surprised when the AEW impact relationship didn't seem to get extended? Um, no, I, I didn't because I felt like it was fizzling out and mm-hmm. I felt like early on it seemed like Tony Khan had a little bit of buyer's remorse on that. Like mm-hmm. he, he, um, cause he, he never really, other than Scott Demore, who is the, the EVP, he didn't really bring any, anybody from impact onto that their was, show. That, that was, was really shocking to me. And it felt yeah. like such a waste. It yeah. felt like such a waste. And so it, it really almost seemed like, and, and maybe one day Tony will actually talk about 
about it, or maybe um, you know, Dave and Garrett will get to get you know Kenny Omega on again and get him to open up about it. But it almost seemed yeah. like that was something that Kenny Omega wanted to do, um, because he, I, you know, Callus was working for Impact at the time, and mm-hmm. AEW obviously they they ended up bringing him over, and I think that was kind of what they were they were trying to do that anyway. So um, I think Kenny Omega kind of wanted to do this belt collector thing. He had the connection with Callus there, and uh, it was kind of something like, hey, look, you know, Kenny's our guy. You're we're breaking gonna, up we're gonna on us a little bit here, Mike. Oh. Sorry. Sorry. So, you know, Ken, Kenny no, you're is back that guy. Now. You're, you're back okay. fine right now. Well, it just, it just seemed like it was more it was more about Kenny Omega. They did bring in some other uh, AEW talents into Impact mm-hmm. um, because, you know, what Impact has like a tenth of the viewership of AEW. So it's not really doing anything to AEW for to let one of the people be on that show. But they had no yeah. interest in bringing Impact stars on their show. So I thought I the was... whole thing was weird. Throughout the whole thing, I was really disappointed, and um, the my, my buddy, uh, who's the guy I talked to the most about wrestling, was really upset at the fact that they weren't shouting out Impact on the show because to me that's the benefit is AEW like gets the wins, but Impact gets the exposure, and Impact did get better ratings than usual, but I don't think to the level they would get if if they were saying on TV like this guy's wrestling on impact this Thursday night at this time, Mm -hmm. which I I was really disappointed. They didn't do more of that. Yeah. um, I I think that um, the, the relationship right now that impact has with new Japan is more mutually beneficial um, because Mm -hmm. new Japan is constantly promoting impact and vice versa. And I think that's what impact was hoping to get out of that relationship was like, Hey, look, you guys have this, you guys have this giant platform compared to us. um, And hopefully, you know, you guys will, use that to give us some exposure our way it started off that way they did promote it a couple of times but then it just kind of fizzled out to where it didn't it just didn't seem like con was all that interested in, in um in actually doing yeah. any of that so i think i think what you were saying about it being a kenny thing i think that feels right that feels dead on because as we move forward through aw find out all these things were this was a chris jericho deal or this was a young bucks deal and i do think you're right that was probably a kenny omega deal and so it wasn't all like Tony Khan wasn't a hundred percent all in on it, but he went along to, you know, to please Kenny. Yeah. And uh, I, I'm glad it got done, but I wish they would have. I wish it, they would have done it a little more deeply. Um. So yeah. So not to bury the lead. So much happened on Impact this week, and uh, I'm sorry. I don't know why I keep saying that. This is like some weird Freudian <laughs> thing going on in my head, and uh, I'm. Qu- Eventually, yeah, myself. No, you're 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 gonna start calling it TNA. Watch, it's gonna happen. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I'm just one step away. So yeah, what you, before we started the show, you were kind of alluding to like AEW Dynamite this week. They were literally setting off dynamite left and right. Every every group got broken up, and we started that out with Chris Jericho, Eddie Kingston. They had a pretty good back and forth. Um, before Chris Jericho, well. Before there's a beatdown of Chris Jericho and Eddie Kingston, and then they turn the whole, then the tables get turned on Chris Jericho. Give me your thoughts on this whole segment. Uh, I, I thought I thought it was an incredible. Um, I, you know, I I kind of saw it coming at the beginning because I I just know Jericho. I've been watching him for 25 years, so yeah. I can kind of tell. It's like, oh wow, he's he's definitely turning heel. And as soon as the music for 2.0 came out, like they did the handshake and and uh, Jericho was like doing his best, you know, Shakespeare impression and being all dramatic and and the whole thing. 
Um, and I, I saw it kind of like um, the Jericho Shawn Michaels feud, kind of a little bit how they had that turn into that feud. I kind of saw that playing out a little bit in Jericho and Owen. So you kind of know how he does his feuds. So yeah. Um, but as soon as 2.0 came out, uh, and then they gingerly tossed him to the ground, I was like, okay, <laughs> like like, like they, th- those are his guys. Like they're you know they're they're all turning on Eddie and uh, and and they did um, much to my dismay. So did Jake Hager. I was hoping that he was just done. I, I don't know. He's he's like a big guy, but I just don't think he adds a whole lot of value to that group. I kind of like a group of just uh, Jericho with these other Canadian guys, kind of doing doing their whole. Uh, I hadn't even thought thing. of the Canadian thing, but yeah. yeah, yeah. I you know I think Garcia he's. I don't know if he's Canadian. I think he's from Buffalo, which is basically Canada. That's basically I think. Canada, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, they're they're all you know they're all you know Toronto Blue Jays fans up there, and they like the Raptors and the Buffalo Bills. That's what they got, right? So they're yeah. they're essentially Canadians up there. But uh, you know, two point definitely Montreal guys. Like every time you they open their mouths, you can tell. But um, I I kind I kind of dug that. But you know, Jake Hager's still here, so you got to give him something to do. So he's a uh, he's Jericho's henchman. I thought it was very well executed in an incredible segment. And like you said, they it started off with dynamite on dynamite you know i um i've had all these high hopes for daniel garcia uh kevin and i really wanted him to be part of the moxley danielson group Mm -hmm. but i love this as soon as i realized what was happening i i loved it because that means the whole group is good because i thought daniel garcia fit the mold perfectly for what they were talking about kind of like a, a stable where these older guys are taking these young shooters under their wings but I didn't want Daniel Garcia necessarily to leave behind Matt and Jeff because I think they're phenomenal, specifically Matt. And to see them all now with Jericho, like as soon as I saw it, I realized this is brilliant. I really like this. And then I love Jake Hager just kind of runs out like I should be a part of this and just has to make a snap. So like Chris Jericho told that man nothing. He like no like no interaction before he goes out there. Just had no clue. And he's just kind of filler. And I, I kind of hate that for him. He's one of the guys that I talked about that I think, you know, unless you're really going to do something with him, like cut him and invest in somebody else. But um, a, a group like this needs the muscle and mm-hmm. he fits the mold as the muscle. And I'm hoping he gets some cool stuff to do during this. Um, it, it surprised me. I didn't it, like you noticed the like the ginger throwdown of Chris Jericho. I didn't notice that at <laughs> oh, all. Okay. And so yeah, it totally took me by surprise. But I also love that Sammy Guevara is like so far gone from all oh. this now that he's wrapped up in Ty Conti. Like yeah. he doesn't even have a memory of his time with the inner circle anymore after he told him, y'all figure this out. Yeah. I know. I, I, I love that too. And I, I think that's great. Cause he like legit said like, I'm, I'm done with this shit, you know? And, and then yeah. he actually meant it. He just like walked out of the ring and he never, yep. he never came back. And I'm like, yeah, good for you, dude. Because in wrestling, it doesn't happen that way. Like ultimately it all comes, you know, full circle. So yeah. I, I'm glad that he just be- walked away from it. <laughs> Yeah, he became his own man. He went and got his own belt. He got his own woman, and he's doing his own thing now, sometimes mm-hmm. with Fuego Del Sol for some yeah. reason. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and so next up, next up we had Moxley Danielson. They they went into the ring, and they worked over J.D. Drake and Anthony Henry, who I've never heard of in my entire life. Love <laughs> J.D. Drake. Never heard yeah. of Anthony Henry. Yeah. But, but Mike, I love their name. I love the name The Workhorseman. But I'm just like, how did Anthony Henry even get in this group? <laughs> I think I think he's a WWE cast off. He's a, you know, is he? Uh, yeah, you know, Khan loves those guys, man. So he, they brought him in for a little tryout. So, um, yeah, no, I he didn't, I, he didn't look bad. He didn't no, look bad. 
No, no. Uh, gosh, I can't remember what his name was in WWE. I'll pro- I'll, I'll find it. But no, he was a uh, he was a WWE guy, um, uh, NXT 205 Live, whatever. And uh, he ended up getting shit canned uh, last year. And uh, he's just been working okay. indies ever since. So he's been around a while. But um, nice. Yeah. So, uh, but I'm not I'm not familiar with the tag team, the Work Horsemen. But I love that name too, man. I th- I think it's that's a, a great name. It's a great yeah. name. Yeah. And JD and JD Drake. When you hear Work Horsemen. JD Drake looks like he should be in that group. Yeah. And so I, I he, do hope it's something that continues. Yeah. Even he's if it's just on dark and elevation. Right. He's a Fred Flintstone looking dude, man. Like he carries a lunch pail to work and like they got the, the big whistle at the end of the day. Like I, I see JD Drake as that guy. And that's that's not being being insulting to the guy. This is kind of what he looks no. like. Like yeah, he yeah. just looks like an average dude that you would you would see at the oil refinery clocking in and clocking out every day. You know, yeah, what I mean? he's a dude that shows up with his thermos and his metal lunch box. Yep. He yep. packs his lunch and uh absolutely yep. He's By got the way, his. Uh, I, I, he's got a cell phone uh, on his belt clip. He's like one of those 100%. guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And and maybe some hot sauce on the other side. You never know. <laughs> yeah. Um, you. By the way, I wish we were on video this week because you almost murdered me when you were start saying he looked like Fred Flintstone as I had just taken a big <laughs> mouthful of Diet Coke. I'm oh, lucky man. I survived that. Oh, I thought we um, were on video. I got my lighting all good. I got my hat on so no one sees my stupid bald head. I'm wearing a. You are looking good. I'm wearing You're a Sergeant good. Sergeant Joe Lewis World War II T-shirt. I'm I'm rocking it, baby. I'm I'm jealous of the whole thing. The shirt, the Ruka hat. <laughs> I like the whole thing. Um, so William Regal comes out, gives a really emotional speech. He starts tearing up, talking about what Tony Schiavone did for him back in the day, back in the day. And I just really wanted to know what, what, what did Tony do for you back in the day? Luckily he didn't get into that. Cause apparently we learned after the show, he went long and that led to some of the other things in the show being rushed. Mm-hmm. Um, are you excited for this? William, like William Regal kind of managing representing John Moxley and Brian Daniels. I couldn't be more excited uh, when he yeah. when he when he came out during um, Revolution and he gave the Antonio Inoki slap to John Moxley. I just started getting fired up, dude. I was like, this Blood this is perfect pumping. because you know there's a there's a, a picture that was floating around a few years ago, WrestleMania weekend before AEW was even created of uh, Moxley and Regal at a Bloodsport event, Josh Barnett's Bloodsport, and they were in the oh, audience watching yeah. so they they're they're tight and um danielson and regal tight for you know, like everybody kind of knows that like danielson goes out of his way to to mention how great regal is for him and so like everything is just kind of a perfect storm everything just kind of came together at once and i think this is the perfect tag team and they have the perfect mentor in uh in william regal it was just incredible okay so if if we get from this what's kind of been promised as in these two guys mentoring, let's say two younger younger wrestlers. Mm. If Daniel Garcia is out, do you have any do you have any hopes as to who those guys might end up being? Yeah, Lee Moriarty would be would be my first choice because um, he okay. works he works kind of like that uh, that shoot style that they have there. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, man, as far as the second one, man, that's a that's a tough. What about a, What about Tony Nice? Maybe. Does you think he fits that, or do you think he's a little off for that? Um, I, I, yeah, I, I don't know that he, I don't know that he fits that. Uh, Tony Nese is just kind of like a, he's a an athletic body guy, but there's not a ton of charisma there. I don't have no, yeah. nothing against See, him. I, I don't have a ton of hope for him to get past what he's already doing right now. Right, and that's why I asked because like he looks good and he's such a he's a good wrestler. 
And like, I want good things to happen for him, but I don't know if it's there. Like there's no kind of like, um, Kevin and I can basically call him Johnny Gargano's. Like there's a million guys and nothing against Johnny Gargano, who is awesome, mm-hmm. but there's a million guys in AEW who are really good wrestlers. And that's the only way you could really describe him to somebody yeah. outside. Like you described Tony Nese as like, he's a good worker. He's a body guy. There's not much else beyond that. And to me, like if I'm going to be sitting down and watching with my girlfriend and she's asking me questions, I want to be able to give her more than that on a wrestler. Yeah. You know, to to get help, help get her interested in what I'm watching. Right. There's just not a lot there for Tony Nese. And it's a shame. Now, uh, I'll give you an outside the box one because I don't think he yeah. actually is signed there. How about Jonathan Gresham, Ring, Ring of Honor champion? I've thought about that. Yeah. I've thought about that a lot. It would be perfect. Uh, him and Brian Danielson together. Um, you know, he's a he's a smaller guy, so being in there with that team, I think, would be really beneficial, getting that heat from him when he comes in. Mm-hmm. I love that idea. Yeah. I love it. And those are two guys who um I think deserve they deserve that level of attention in AEW, I think a hundred percent. Yeah. So um let's see, before we move on, anything else you want to say about Regal other than I've got to give a shout out to the Oracle, Kevin Ely. He brought up the idea of William Regal managing this group the first time Brian Danielson brought it up to John Moxley, and he was dead on. And I, I, I'm so impressed with the guy. He keeps making really good predictions like this. You know, Kevin Ely, uh, despite what people say about him, very smart, very smart. Yeah, you wouldn't know it to look at the guy. But I, yeah. yeah, really, really well educated, intelligent guy. <laughs> Okay, so next up, we've got the AHFO. They had an emergency board meeting. Matt, (laughs) there was a whole thing. Matt's apologizing to private party. Private party gives him the thumbs down behind his back, leading to a beat down. Give me your thoughts on this segment. Um, It it was a train wreck, to say the least. But, you know... A, the Hardy family office was a train wreck from the beginning. I just, yeah, it was it's it a just, good way. Yeah, it's a good way to move that forward with a train wreck, <laughs> keeping it, yeah. keeping it solid the whole way. Keep, <laughs> yeah, just, you know? yeah, stay consistent. And then uh, adding Andrade to it just uh, kind of made it even a bigger train wreck. Uh, I, I'll be honest, I didn't even know why they were fighting. Like, I know that Hardy had walked out on them several times, but yeah, um, you know, I, because I don't have a dynamite podcast, sometimes when there's certain things I don't really care for, I just hit that fast forward button. A little you just bit, don't so. pay attention to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But um, but I thought um, how the the segment ended up, I thought was was great. Obviously, um, but you know, people keep making fun of Jeff, right, mm-hmm. for dancing on the way to the ring while his brother's getting beat up. But Sting and Darby Allen were the two slowest brothers on the planet going out to the ring it's like they they weren't sure what they were gonna do they just came they made yeah. sure they got the music and then they just slowly walked to the ring and then eventually got in there and helped out right which kind of in a way in a way that kind of fits this segment well because it's like why are they even coming out like why <laughs> do they care about any of this like these guys have have been just assholes to everybody mm-hmm. um yeah. and they eventually made their way out and then jeff danced his way out and the thing is AEW kind of does this kind of often when they try and pack too much into a show, it'll get a little jumbled and it'll become a little bit of a train wreck. But I think they knew that Jeff Hardy paired with that music, nobody would really care. And I think everybody has been like slightly critical of this segment, but in the end, they were just happy he was there and kind of blown away. They had the music 
and that kind I, of fit the Jeff Hardy aesthetic to me. Mm-hmm. I I I have no problem with it. I you know, and I know that people are are poking fun at it, but I think that you're you should be able to poke fun at the silliness of it. But Jeff Hardy's always been a bit silly, and so yeah. that's just kind of his charm. That's his character. So uh, of course Jeff is going to dance to the ring to go save his brother. He's like, oh, you know what? Matt's been in the wrestling business for thirty years. He could take a butt whoop, and I, you know, he can he can you know endure this for a little bit longer. My brother can wait an extra five minutes for me to get my pelvic thrusts in. And- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm really excited that Matt Hardy is now being moved away from the AHF, AHFO. Mm-hmm. I guess it's now the just the AFO. Um, there's so many great matches to potentially come out Oof. of this. Oh, yeah. What are what are some of the ones that you were looking forward to more than more than others? You know, the the first one off the top of my head, I, I've already seen the Young Bucks match because I, I, saw, I saw that in uh, Ring of Honor, right? Um, mm-hmm. I, I want FTR. I, I really want yep. that. I really, really want that match. I think, F, I think FTR could do just something, some incredible, incredible stuff with uh, with with the Hardy Boys. Uh, Red Dragon, I don't think I've ever seen that one. Um, if they did do a match yeah. in Ring of Honor, I've never seen it. Um, I wasn't like a huge Ring of Honor guy, so I, mm-hmm. I kind of watched some of the bigger matches back in the day so i don't know the red dragon has ever been in there with them um obviously luchasaurus and jungle boy would be great santana ortiz i mean you just it's you know the most stacked tag team division probably of all time uh, i'm trying to think of uh you know some of the great tag team divisions ever and i think right now aew has the best ever so yeah. um you know all, all up and down and then and then of course uh the uh the young bucks again i, I think there's always going to be money there it has to happen it absolutely has to happen nfl sunday ticket is now on youtube and youtube tv which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away, specifically the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. I just went to my happy place. I just went to Maui, and it was truly amazing. Priceline has always been about getting you to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else, like up to 60% off select hotels in Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And, um, you know, you just mentioned Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus and something I brought up with Kevin, I'm going to bring up with you for the longest time. Jungle Boy has been phenomenal and Luchasaurus not quite as phenomenal. No, but lately I'll say this in their pay-per-view match and in the couple matches before that, like one of my big critiques on Luchasaurus was he would move in slow motion for (laughs) some of his like spinning back kicks and things. (laughs) But I haven't seen as much of that lately. I feel like he stepped up his game a little bit and he doesn't feel like he's holding that tag team back now. And that's, and it's nice to see, it's nice to at least feel like he's really committing to getting better in the ring. Yeah. There, there were times where I was watching Luchasaurus and I'm like, 
why is this guy even here? Like, what's he doing in the ring? He, I don't know. I know he looked good before he had a really bad hamstring tear whenever AEW first started. And then he came back from his injury and he was just like six steps slower. Like, seriously, I have a heavy bag in my garage. My spin kick is a lot faster than that. Right. And I, <laughs> you know, and I can't do a very yeah. good spin, spin kick. So um, I'm really glad. I'm really glad you said that because I had, I knew he'd had the injury, but I had never really put two and two together. They'd gotten worse since he came back from it. And that's probably just a situation where he was scared of re-injuring it, really mm-hmm. nervous about going full speed. And if yeah. that's what it was, I'm I'm glad he appears to be over it because he's he's been a lot better lately. And I also like look, I know Marco Stunt isn't any next level guy, but um I, I really hate that he's a part of this group until they get to the tag title and then we just <laughs> never see him again. Like yeah. I would like for him at least to have come out for a celebration, like from the crowd or something. That's yeah. a real shame. I know. Well, I mean, his contract expired. He, he's not going to get picked up anywhere. I'm sure they could do something with him eventually. Yeah. Just that, you know, if they come to his hometown, bring him in or something like that. So. Yeah. Yeah. His paychecks from here on out are going to be, I think, purely GCW and, <laughs> yeah. uh, and which he does a lot of work for, and apparently American Idol. Apparently, he's doing good things with American Idol, oh, trying good. to get on that show. And he's a pretty good musician. Okay, so next up after that, and um, Ward. Okay, we had Wardlow come out, and basically, like he made it really clear because I, I'd kind of called it a half turn on the pay per view. Like it wasn't a full turn. Like it wasn't a complete slap in the face. And he came out, and he and he finished that turn right here on Dynamite. Said, "I'm done with MJF. I'm done." with uh i'm done with the pinnacle he did say he's still under contract and there's been a lot of controversy this week over the fact that um and we're about to talk about this like scorpio sky won Mm -hmm. the tnt title and a lot of people are happy about it some people are like well he we haven't seen him on win a singles match on tv in forever the fact that they don't want him to immediately lose that match and that that's a match that's coming up next week against wardlow and to me, I don't think Wardlow has a chance of winning it because I think that's when MJF is going to respond to this. I think he's going to come out. I think he's going to screw Wardlow over. And I think he's going to remind him about his contract and kind of and try and put him in your place. Um, what do you yeah. think about the promo? And what do you think about like where they're like kind of do you, do you think Wardlow's about to win that title next week? Um, so first, you know, the number one, the promo, uh, I thought he hit a home run. He, you know, mm-hmm. n- nailed it, knocked it out of the park. It was this, really his first promo that, that I've ever seen. He came off as sympathetic. He's a baby face now. There is no more question. I, I like the fact that he didn't turn full baby face at the mm-hmm. pay-per-view because then it would have made the moment about him when really the moment was about punk overcoming MJF. So he was just kind of a, an ancillary character in that story and, you know, serialized television is important so um, yeah. we, we we got uh, we, we got the turn a few days later on dynamite I thought that was well executed um, I also loved it because when fight game media had their 2022 predictions my breakout mm-hmm. star of the year was Wardlow that's who I wrote about so he's proving me right and anytime I get proven right that makes me very happy because I look smarter <laughs> than I really am so um, <laughs> as far as the, the TNT title goes um, and, and we'll get to Scorpio Sky winning uh, I, have a, I have a take on that but Wardlow, I I don't think he's going to be winning it. I don't even think he's going to get into the match because MJF holds the rights to his contract. So I don't think that match actually takes place. I think uh, I think 
MJF. Okay, I like I think that. MJF puts a cease and desist on him, and they probably even use that language um, uh, because I think something like that's happened recently with AEW and WWE. So I think they're going to lean into that stuff a little bit. Don't even see it happening. My prediction is uh, MJF comes out like the true jerk that he is and pulls Wardlow from the match and will not let him compete. That's a great take, and I think you're dead right on that. I think they'll have smart Mark Sterling come out with some mm-hmm. paperwork. Um, yeah, that's a really good point. I like that. I had and I had not thought of that at all. I've been I've been very distracted this week for a lot of reasons, and uh, that never occurred to me. Um, okay, so let's talk about Scorpio Scott. Give me your take on that. Yeah, no. What do you think of the match? Um, the, I I thought the match was okay. Um, I I know you know, and Sammy Guevara is an amazing wrestler. Obviously, um, sometimes you could do too much, and mm-hmm. I think that he does a little bit too much in some of the matches. And then of course the six thirty through the table uh, to the outside, and then I think he was out there for like a seventy eight count and didn't get counted <laughs> out somehow, right? Or the matches didn't stop. I thought that was pretty ridiculous. Um, yeah. Uh, and then you know Scorpio Sky a getting the title shot was kind of weird to me because I know he's on a winning streak on on Elevation and Dark and stuff, but he, that yeah. winning streak hasn't occurred on Dynamite where most people are going to see him. They should have given him one good win on Dynamite yeah, leading yeah. up to this, or Rampage, or somewhere. Or a number one contender match. They have them every yeah. single week. I think they just had one on Rampage recently. I mean, he could have just been in that match and, and got yeah. the number one contendership, but I think that, um, that this seemed like um, a late decision that they had just thrown together. It mm-hmm. might not be the case. This might might have been the plan the whole time, but just outside looking in, it kind of seems like that. Um, and, you know, Scorpio Sky, he's a good wrestler, but he's, I think that the level that he's been at before this title is a pretty good level for him. I, I just, mm-hmm. you know, n- nothing against him. And in fact, the team with um, Ethan Page, I think Ethan Page is the star of that team. Uh, yeah. And it's nothing against Scorpio Sky. He's been around a long no. time. But He's a um, guy, he's a guy I've wanted to see succeed but this is kind of his fourth big push mm-hmm. in AEW, and he just has not gotten over yet. And he's had every opportunity to, to he's had every opportunity to get to the next level. And it just doesn't feel like it's it, it's in him. Like the charisma is there, and that's a shame. But he's been in a good spot, and I think you're probably right about like this being a late change to their programming. Mm-hmm. And the reason I say that is because of the Ty Conti, Paige Van Zant angle, which is clearly a big part of this. They were going with Brandy. Brandy's out. Can, and um, Can we yeah. take credit for Paige Van Zant now? Is that the, the portion of the show where, because you and I have been pushing them to sign her since the Dude. moment her face appeared. Because, you yeah. know, we're, we're both big MMA uh, folks and boxing yeah. folks, and I'm sure you've watched her bare knuckle fights and stuff. Oh, yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm pumped that they got Paige Van Zant. She's a star. She is Dude, absolutely she, a star. I think she has more potential than anybody they've got right now other than Jade. Um, and maybe more potential than that, because I think she's way more likable than Ronda Rousey. She's she has really great movement from even before MMA from her like ballet background. Um, and I really think that probably the reason it took this long is I really feel like um, I really feel like they probably had to talk her into this. Like, I think she had to be convinced this was the best move, because, again, like, I don't think anybody thought a great move was her going into bare knuckle. And it, no. that's kind of that's like it's been great financially, but it's worked out exactly how I thought it would work out for her. And being a representative of Bare Knuckle while being an athlete in AW is like the best move possible for her. She could be making millions for years in professional wrestling. Again, 
I don't think she's getting paid a million, but I think she can absolutely get there. She has such mm-hmm. a huge fan base. I'm excited. And what a way to start it out by signing her contract right there on Ty Conti's ass. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. That's, I mean, that's a, that's one hell of a way to, 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 to make your move into a brand new industry. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, clearly Conti is taking the Brandy Rhodes spot, right? So that's Sammy yeah. and Sammy and, and Ty Conti are taking that Brandy and Cody spot. So, yeah. And so yeah, that's why I think this whole thing, I, I, I think you're kind of right. It, it that it, there's real indication there. They put, they had to kind of throw this together at the last minute and Ty Conti, I think is the perfect opponent for Paige Van Zant because Paige is coming from MMA. Ty has the judo background, the jujitsu yep. background, all that. Um, and frankly, Ty is a better worker than Brandy Rhodes. I was not <laughs> yeah. super excited. Again, when somebody's new to MMA, you want them to be wrestling someone who's a better wrestler. And it's not like Ty is Thunder Rosa or Serena Deeb, but she is a couple levels above, I think, where Brandy Rhodes was the last time we saw her wrestle. <laughs> yeah, Brand- Brandy Rhodes is awful. Mm. Uh, yeah. and, and I say that knowing full well she could end up in Impact soon, and uh, me and JD would just <laughs> complain every week about it. So, <laughs> I mean, she's easy on the eyes and all that, but like, I just don't want to see her wrestling. She just doesn't have – like when I saw – like I watched the first episode of Rhodes to the Top, and when she was having that that like kayfabe conversation about returning, I thought, oh no, like you were fine when AEW started, like you were in the in the middle of the pack. Now you are so far behind the work rate in the women's division, like so far behind. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and I'm I'm glad that's out and this is in. Yeah, so was, um, you know, as far as a wrestler goes, Brandy Rhodes is a very good ring announcer. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's see. My um my entire outline completely disappeared for some reason, oddly enough. So what what was our next thing? Okay, so we've basically we're at the end of um of dynamite here. Mm-hmm. Was there yeah. anything we missed? Anything major happened that we missed? Um, n- no, no, nothing, nothing major happened. Um, that, that we, that we missed there. I, you know, I think that, here, um, here we go. I think rampage was, um, rampage had some cool stuff on it though, too. It really, okay. What, what about the name Jericho appreciation oh, society? What are your thoughts on that? Terrible. Um, I just, I'm, I'm surprised <laughs> they didn't just become the new inner circle or something inner circle like 2.0. That. They're added 2.0 to it. It's right there. Right. It's, okay. <laughs> it's, it's every right week. Kevin, <laughs> may, Kevin says something that makes me think like it, like, am I even an intelligent human being to have not thought of that? And you just did it. You are the, you are stepping into his shoes perfectly. Yeah. I again, never put that together. Good yeah. Lord. Yeah. Yeah. The- so, Jer- Jericho Appreciation Society and I saw some of the artwork and for the t-shirts and stuff. Um, I, you know, I, I don't know, man, you got, I think there's probably something, you know, negative happening in your life. If you buy one of those t-shirts, I'm just saying. I am, I am on my way to <laughs> shop com at this moment yeah. to pull this up. Ah, oh, let me see. Jo- Jonathan Snowden. Are you, you're familiar with him being yeah. an MMA fan, right? He said he's yeah. willing to interview anybody that actually buys that shirt. So he's just curious <laughs> as the type of person. I, th- I thought that was really funny. Yeah. I've brought, I've brought Jonathan up on a couple of episodes cause he and his wife, very often have really have discussions that I think are make really good podcast topics. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I enjoy they're They're both really good follows. Okay. So yeah, rampage was pretty good this week. Again, nothing, nothing blockbuster, but um, I really enjoyed the first, like 
Swerve Strickland's first match in AEW against Tony Nese. Mm-hmm. I really thought that I know Tony Khan really likes Tony Nese, and um, he's a good wrestler. And they kind of put Swerve on a level above him here. It felt like with Swerve kind of easily avoiding a lot of his moves. Um, it was a pretty good match. What were your takes on it? I I, th- I think that this is Tony Nese's job is to do this mm-hmm. kind of work, right? You right. got the new guy coming in. Tony Nese is a very you know, serviceable wrestler. He seems like a fine human being. Um, and he can he can help get a guy over. No, And that's his job. Yeah. And I think he did his job well. That's a really good point. He is the type of guy that when you look at him, he looks impressive. So a win over him will mean a little bit of something, especially yeah. for a guy like Swerve Strickland. Swerve is so smooth. Like Oof. he does so much fan communication just with his movements in the ring, his facial expressions. I'm really impressed with that. Like he yeah. feels immediately over more so than I thought he would be. And I thought he was going to be strong from the, from the get go. Yeah, he he comes across like he's not just a wrestling star, like he's like almost a pop star type of guy. Yeah, like, he feels like, like a star, like yeah, an actual star. He feels like if if he were to be a, you know up on stage at a hip hop concert, like he could command the room if he were up there. Um, he's grown so much since I first seen him. I I actually saw him at the beginning of when uh, MLW relaunched back in the day. I think like 2017. He was their first champion, and I was watching the, those shows a little bit on YouTube. And I remember that? Yeah, I didn't it, realize that was him. Yeah, yeah. He was you know Shane Swerve Strickland, man. He was their first champion, and 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 he. I was like, oh, this guy's pretty good. Um, he is like 50 times better than when I saw him on an MLW and you know and say people can say what they want about WWE but you know they did a really good job of cultivating that Swerve character because um, yeah. he he became Isaiah Swerve Scott there and he went through the NXT system and and he and he grew while he was there and he's some, clearly a much better wrestler than back then clearly much much better wrestler moves are still just as good as they ever were but his character like he just had the charisma is there and um and it really he really tapped into that while he was in WWE and it's been a great acquisition for you know AEW I know that there was some controversy with AEW and um you know they don't really have any you know black main event stars there that are in that mm-hmm. world title picture and then as soon as Lee and Scott or not Scott but uh, Strickland got released yeah. I was like those are your two guys right there both of those guys um can can help bridge that gap you know that's a little bit of a it was a little yeah. bit of a blind spot in AEW well hey you know what they're working at it and they're getting better and then they brought these two cats in and i think that they're the perfect guys to be able to handle that load um two yeah. two, two incredible athletes i i was I, I was rooting for keith lee to be brought in from the beginning and i was also rooting for swerve for swerve scott slash strickland to be brought in but again i did i was I've, I'd seen him wrestle. I was very aware of him. Uh, I was very aware of Hit Row, but I hadn't seen a bunch because I was not a regular WWE yeah. watcher. As any regular listener knows, um, I'm so impressed with him. These are the perfect two signings, and I'm really excited to see them in kind of some main event angles down the road. Now, just when it comes to me personally, I'm clearly a top-level podcaster here, Mike, because mm-hmm. I was supposed to do this 10 minutes in. We're now 35 minutes in, <laughs> and so now we're going to talk a little bit about the Patreon. For just $5 a month, you can you can help support me, Mike, Kevin Ely, whatever he's doing out in the, out in the wild right now, out in the woods, wherever we left him. Um, you can help support us and everybody at Fight Game Media. Check out patreon.com slash fight game media. You got to get a lot of extra shows from each and every one of us every week. But this is the perfect time to have Mike Gilbert on because mm-hmm. every week Mike does the free feed of Brace for Impact and then an extended version that you can only hear 
if you if you if you cough up the extra five bucks, which yeah. is it's next to nothing. Tell us. I want to hear not only tell us about the difference between the two feeds, but I want you to take a minute to tell me as somebody who does not currently watch Impact. What are some of the hot angles going on right now in Impact? Oh, uh, I, I I would love to tell you about that. So the, so first of all, the differences between the two feeds. So the the free feed that you can get on Apple Podcasts and Spotify is just us reviewing the TV show. Okay. Um, it's usually thirty five to forty five minutes. We're gonna go segment by segment. Uh, we're gonna talk about all the matches, the promos, and everything like that. We're gonna break it all down, kind of like what you would you know hear on uh, Wrestling Observer Radio or something like that. Whenever they're like after Raw or after or dynamite like that we do that or you know paul's dynamite show that's kind of what they do so we do that for the free feed and then after that if you stick around on patreon you know jd and i we kind of go in all kinds of different directions we try to keep it you know strictly to the you know impact news you know free agent news people getting injured people signing here signing there um and anything that significant happened in um in impact we've also decided that we're going to have a segment every week where we just make fun of the control your narrative guys um, you know, e- e- EC3 and Austin Aries have uh, some TNA blood, right? They're from that TNA, uh, that TNA family, that um, that tree. And uh, so we've decided that because they're such a train wreck, we're going to talk about them every week and make fun of them um, because we need more people to make fun of in the world. And I think that they're a good target. Um, and, um, you know, also, you know, this this week, uh, we, we even we even jumped into some AEW stuff this week because uh, JD wrote an incredible article for WrestleJoy breaking down. Down CM Punk's entrance and the whole dog collar match and and relating it back to his Ring of Honor days and uh, the dog collar match that CM Punk had with Raven um, and he kind of correlated the two and it explained the story and why he was using his Ring of Honor music and all that and he really spelled it out for everybody so we get into stuff like that we can get all kinds of topics we do whatever we want on Patreon because I don't really think Garrett's listening to us on Patreon to be honest <laughs> so we, we 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 try to keep it impact but we say whatever we want of it, you know ultimately now as far as you know impact goes. You know, Tony Khan just bought Ring of Honor, right? Yeah. Um, the major storyline going on in Impact are these guys that were fired from Ring of Honor, uh, Matt Taven, uh, Mike Bennett, Kenny King, PCO, and Vincent have all kind of infiltrated Impact because they didn't have a job. So they yeah. infiltrated Impact and they they came into cahoots with the former Ring of Honor champion who's also kind of a, a mainstay in Impact for the last decade, and Eddie Edwards, who a uh, finally turned heel who's been a white meat babyface his entire career he finally turned heel he's a great character now and i um, had not even heard that i've not yeah. even picked that up on twitter i love that yeah yeah so now so now you have this rogue group of uh, ring of honor guys called honor no more that's the faction name being led by eddie edwards who finally turned heel and uh, they're they're taking on a group of uh you know impact faithfuls and then you also got in the main event you got moose and josh alexander um josh alexander beat christian cage in the main event of Bound for Glory for the World Championship uh, back in October, and then while he was he celebrating that belt for seconds, yeah, and while he was celebrating in the ring, Moose came down, cashed in his Money in the Bank thing that they do at Impact, and beat him right in front of his wife and kid, right there in the middle of the ring on pay per view, took it away from him, and uh, he's been trying to get his title shot back, and then eventually his contract expired, um, and then legitimately his work visa expired, so he he couldn't actually get into the country for a while, so they ended up getting that worked out. He resigned his contract and. He came back and attacked the Moose this past weekend, and uh, they have signed. They have, he has re-signed with Impact, and they have signed the match for Rebellion on April 23rd. Moose versus Josh Alexander. Just 
a great story. Like you know, blending in real yeah. life with tons of drama. Um, Moose has been calling out his son for a match. Uh, <laughs> so it's been it's been uh, quality quality television. So a lot of cool things are happening over on Impact. I'm gonna hundred. I am one hundred percent gonna come back and watch that pay per view because that's that was the last match that I watched mm-hmm. from Impact was uh, when Josh Alexander won the title and then lost it to Moose. So I'm fully invested in that. I'm really glad they got him re-signed because mm. I, knew, I, I knew that was a little up in the air. And in a little bit, I'm going to talk about somebody who I think may be coming to Impact in the future, and I'm going to get your take on that. Yes. Let's go ahead and finish up with the Rampage first. But everybody, patreon.com slash fightgamemedia. And don't forget, check out fightgamemedia.com for all, every, anything you want, pro wrestling, boxing, mixed martial arts, Anything in the world of combat sports, um, it's your go-to place. And again, every Wednesday when I get ready for my weekly radio show here on Sports Talk 97.7, the largest all-sports talk radio station in Louisiana, one of the last websites I visit is Fight Game Media to make sure I haven't missed anything. Paul Fontaine and Ryan Frederick have just great recaps every Monday of everything that happened in MMA that weekend. It's definitely worth checking out. So, yeah, you were talking about like a little bit earlier – that AEW was getting some uh, getting some pushback for the fact they didn't have any real minority main event stars or African-American main event stars. They bring in Swerve, they bring in Keith Lee, and they gave us both of those guys to a major degree this week on Rampage. And that's what I think made it so fun. We got to see Keith Lee take on QT Marshall. And I think everyone collectively groaned <laughs> when, uh, when, when we got that segment kind of introducing that match. But man, did they over deliver on this? Not necessarily the match itself, but the the post match. Yeah, no, they did. When, whenever I, I heard it was Keith Lee versus uh, versus QT, I was like, oh, this is Junkyard Dog versus George South or something like that. And uh, you know, New Orleans in 1981, like he's just gonna yeah. crush this guy. And then uh, and and you know, and he pretty much did. But the, you know, he the, did. Uh, um, but then the the him beating up everybody afterwards was uh, quality yeah. television. He man. beat just, up. The entire factory, including mm-hmm. Nick Camarado, and then he has to take on Ricky Starks and Will Hobbs, a team Taz, who finally took him down, made Will made Will Hobbs look like a million bucks. Mm-hmm. I don't love that that's the first feud for a couple reasons, but I do love the feud. And the reason I say that is um, there was some some Jim Ross podcast I'd listened to in the last year where there was they were kind of talking about how. There's always this go-to with it when you bring in an African-American star, they seem to always get teamed up with another African-American. That's initial, That's the go-to right out of the box. And I thought, this is kind of disappointing in that throwback way. But the thing is, that is the match. I like. As soon as they showed it to me, I realized I'm really excited for Will Hobbs versus Keith Lee. Yeah, and I I think that um you know Keith Lee's an experienced guy. He's been around for almost twenty years now, and and yeah. Will Hobbs um he's a he, he you know he's been around for like a decade, but he's a bit newer, and he was a uh, he was pretty yeah. green when he got to AEW. I think it's a great matchup. I do see I do see that point. Um and yeah. I don't think it was intentional. I was like, hey, we have this we have this you know this this big black dude over here. We're gonna make a fight. Yeah. This black yeah I I don't think that yeah. that was the case, right? But right. Um, I think it, it just <laughs> I think it just worked out that that was kind of the right move. Yeah. And you know, Hobbs is a, Hobbs is a heel. Uh, I think he can get better by being in there with experienced guys like Keith Lee. Um, and I think everybody's going to be excited for the match, including me, man. I, I, I really dig the matchup. Yeah, I'm excited. for. I'm really excited for this one. I'm excited to see how this moves forward. Um, and it kind of hit me as you were saying that, that wrestling is a lot like, I don't know if you've listened to many podcasts from stand-up comics, but one of the things I keep hearing over and over is in, in stand-up, 
you're basically garbage for your for, until you've been in the game for 10 years. Mm-hmm. And I think wrestling's a little bit like that as well. Although there are of course some people that come in and just get good immediately. But um yeah, Will Hobbs and Keith Lee are two guys I'm really excited about for AEW's future. They have so many great young talents. And Keith Lee is not even a young talent, just a new talent for AEW. Um, so I'm super hyped about what's coming next. One of the teams, though, I really wanted to see in AEW because, and again, one of the reasons I'm so into AEW is because they kind of gave me everything I missed from my youth. Like everything that was gone, factions, tag teams, managers, they kind of brought that all back. <laughs> Even guys with face paint. Yeah. Like it's all here now. And the there's like two there's there's there were two things that I thought were missing from the tag team division. And I've talked about this before. One is like just a couple of big tough dudes like the Road Warriors. Just mm-hmm. giant jacked up freaks to run through people. And they don't have that yet. But the other thing I thought was missing was the Briscoes because for years they were they were my favorite tag team. They have said some reprehensible things on Twitter, sure, but I still I wanted to see them get a run in AEW, and I really thought it was going to happen with all this talk of on Twitter between them and FTR. But I think there was a fightful report this week saying um, that that's not going to happen, mm-hmm. and it's also not going to happen in Ring of Honor, and it's not because of Tony Khan. And I kind of thought that it was Tony Khan being a little gun shy after kind of getting in trouble with the PC police with with Swole and his comments on that. And I thought, I get he's a little gun shy to bring them in after their Twitter thing a few years ago. But now we're hearing it's an executive at Warner Media yeah. who is aware of the tweets and has basically said not going to happen. And I'm thinking, like, I think I don't. They're they're too talented to just be hanging out in GCW, um, and uh, but I'm excited. I'd be really excited. To see, like, what are your thoughts on where they should where where where, where they should be moving forward? Well, where they should be is AEW, and I I know I know yeah. you said some pretty awful stuff. It was in 2013. Yeah, a long um, time ago. It was it was a long time ago. If if people can't change and become better people, then what are we even doing here? Yeah. Right? What's are the we, point if you cancel somebody and they can never grow and come back from it? Right. He didn't kill nobody. He said some awful yep. stuff and I don't condone it. Uh, he did apologize on, on ring of honor television after it happened. Um, I, I was not a big ring of honor guy when it happened. So I learned about all this stuff later. Um, yeah. But if you're and not honestly, I don't even know for sure. Like, and, and, and listen, this is not me defending anything he said. No. I don't even know if it was kayfabe or not. Because the thing is, that would, what he said feels like something his character would say. Maybe it was, maybe it was. I don't know. I have no idea. It's it's stuff that, you know, me and my friends were saying to each other in the trailer park back in the late 90s, right? Yeah, exactly. And I'm, and I'm not proud that I was raised that way. I had to learn yeah. and grow. And and I did, right? There are certain things that I, that I said when I was a teenager and in my early 20s, and I'm 38 years old now, that I just would not say, and I would not let anybody get away with saying it. However, right. you know, if um, if we can't let young people, you know, after, after, you know, they've missed a lot of opportunities since then. If we can't let them learn from their mistakes and say, hey, here's a pathway to, to, you know, being absolved of your sins. I don't want to get like religious, you know what I mean? But yeah, you know, to, but to, it works. To, yeah. Yeah. If, if, if there's not a pathway here, you know, what point do you let somebody up to breathe? Right. Do you hold them down forever? I, I think that's ridiculous. Yeah. So not to get on that soapbox, but if AEW is willing to miss out on the Briscoes, so be it. I, I think their loss is impact would be impacts gain um uh, impact yeah. has already booked them for a show in april so they're they're taking 
taking on the good bro- they're taking on the good brothers at their event called the multiverse of matches uh wrestlecon weekend so um it's a uh, the you know ring of honor versus uh, impact is kind of yeah. what they're going for there and uh, i'd like really... to see them bring them in from now on I really want to see that match. I really want to be there live for that match. I don't know yet if I'll be able to do anything Mania weekend. I'm hoping I will. Yeah. And we'll still be able to pick up some good tickets uh, through the secondary markets. But that like that match is exciting. But yeah, I really wanted to see them. Ver- There's Again, this is the premier tag team division. They were the premier tag team in wrestling for what feels like o- over a decade mm-hmm. um, while the Young Bucks were kind of on their way up. And it's a real shame if we don't get him, but it feels it sounds now like we won't. I'm hoping I'm hoping Fightful's wrong. Maybe 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 they have bad information. I don't know. I no. hope they do though. Fightful's pretty good, man. I don't know. I've yeah, been, I've been, I know. I've been, I know. I've been writing. Uh, I've been writing my articles for a couple of years, and anytime I use Fightful, it's been pretty much like ninety nine percent has been pretty yeah. much accurate. So and I and I hate to say that, but yeah, you're a hundred percent right. Yeah. Um. Also, I feel, I, feel, I mean. I'm hoping they 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 do some stuff in New Japan again. I mm-hmm. think that would be really good. But uh, AEW's loss is everybody else's gain, especially since a lot of these tag teams like FTR can go off and do things on their own with their AEW contracts. So let's see. We got a couple more things. Um, one thing I want to talk about while I was kind of researching for tonight's podcast to kind of give ourselves a layout here, I came across an interesting article from, I think, February the 26th. So not just maybe a couple weeks ago, and it was basically Kenny Omega saying that the AEW game is not going to basically look as good as WWE 2K22. He's like, with their budget, it's going to look better. He's like, but this game is going to be about gameplay. How much of a gamer are you? How excited are you about this? And what do you think of that statement? Well, as far as how much of a gamer I am, well, I recently went to Dave and Buster's and played some games there. That's about it. I don't. Uh, I don't own a machine. I have not owned any um, a PlayStation since I think PlayStation two or three. So uh, yeah, yeah. It's it's You've been taken a long a couple time. generations off. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's 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 been a long time. But I, you know, I used to have the high score at Tony Hawk in uh, in my dorm there uh, in Japan. That's impressive. Yeah, when I lived in Japan, I was a big Tony Hawk uh, pro skater guy. So in my in the dorm rooms there. So <laughs> I, on a similar vein, back in back in my college years, we had a. Uh, we 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 basically began intramural Mario Kart. We started posting our stuff with the other like intramural stuff on the wall. We ended up having coaches polls, power ratings. I matched out. I maxed out at number two. Never could take the first spot, <laughs> but I could definitely annoy the living shit out of the guy in number one. <laughs> and uh, I hope he still think. I hope he still thinks about those banana peels <laughs> to this day. Like I am. I used to be a big gamer. I used to have all the systems. Literally, my brother, my brother got a crazy woman pregnant in college, brings her home. (laughs) She has the baby, then steals my five video game systems and leaves with them. And I never got fully back. Like most of my gaming is. Did she take the baby with her? She didn't know she left the baby in oh, video game. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Lovely, you... lovely woman. <laughs> lovely woman. I've never been fully back. I've had a couple Nintendo systems over the years, specifically for Mario Kart. But I am excited about this game. I want to support AEW. Mm-hmm. And when it like I am a little bit of an AEW homer when it comes to that, because I want them to succeed because I want the wrestling world to be bigger than just WWE. And, and you know, Impact does not have that many people watching. There, there needs to be more outlets for pro wrestlers. So I might um, I, I'm considering buying a modern system just to get this game. 
Yeah. And then, of course, maybe as a way of hopefully getting back into 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 gaming, although God knows I don't have enough time in the day for the games <laughs> I play on my iPhone, much less like a, a PS5 or whatever the newest one is. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm thinking about it. And, and honestly, the graphics don't bother me. Like one of my favorite games right now on my iPhone is called Retro Bowl, which is basically a no-name Tecmo Bowl with 8-bit graphics. Like <laughs> I, I'm about gameplay. I'm all yeah. about gameplay more than the, than the most modern graphics. Graphics. And um, so I'm hoping I just hope it's a good game because I, uh, I, I've not seen any of these reports, but someone told me this week there were some reports that the game was not looking that good as in gameplay wise. Yeah. So I hope it's a good game because I'm probably going to shell out like five hundred dollars on a system just to check it out and kind of support it. And fingers crossed. Yeah, something tells me that it's I think people are going to be pleased with the game. Um, It's not going to look as good as the 2K stuff because that is a major conglomerate. Right. And they're going to put tons of tons of dollars, millions and millions of dollars at it. AEW is financing this themselves because they want they want total control, total, total ownership. And the reason why I think it's going to be a good game that everybody's going to be pleased with is because it's still not out yet. Right. They're they're taking taking their time with this thing. They're, they're not going to rush it. I think people are going to be very happy with it when it comes out. And I have a feeling that, like, I mean, Aubrey, referee Aubrey, she's got the background as a project manager in the video game industry. I think she's a great person to have there. We know Kenny is a major gamer. And I don't I think Kenny Omega would be humiliated if they put out a crappy game. Mm-hmm. So I think if I think if they get to a point where they're ready to release and Kenny and Aubrey are like, this is this is garbage. This is dog shit. I don't think it gets put out. I think they hold it back because I think they know the amount of money they can make from these games. Oh, yeah. And and they they're, they're, I don't think they're going to want to shoot themselves in the foot. And because, like you said, they have total ownership. They can take as long as they need to. I, I, yeah. I don't feel like anybody's really pressuring them to get that out because there's never been like the game has never existed no. And I hope they do take that time. Yeah, this could be transformational for this company, right? Because yeah. a, a good video game can open you up to so to such a wide and new audience that yeah. where people will learn who you are because of the video game, right? Yeah. So like a, a lot of a lot of you know NFL, the biggest sport in in America, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of people grew up knowing who the players are because of the video games. They didn't really watch football yeah. all that much. They were buying the jerseys and stuff like that of their favorite players because of the video games. So yeah, I think you you could bring in an entire new audience to aw a few years ago um i have a mike i don't know if you know this about me i have a long history of getting caught in natural disasters <laughs> yeah <laughs> and uh like like a disturbing amount of times so like five years ago i got caught in this thing they were calling the 500 year flood where my car like i was on the road and my car went underwater and i had to live in a red cross shelter for a week and the only thing i saved from the car um, outside of walking back for a Diet Coke, because I didn't even know where I was. I didn't know when I'd get another Diet Coke, was my laptop. And so I'm in this shelter for a week. All these kids, I'm the only guy with a computer. And so every day, like we ended up scheduling a time every day, I'd bring my laptop over to this table and all the kids would gather around and we'd get on YouTube. And I realized they wanted to watch video game wrestling. Mm-hmm. They had no interest in regular wrestling. They didn't have a single care about pro wrestling they wanted to watch the video game stuff they wanted to watch a video game about sharks they had no interest in sharks Mm -hmm. like you can uh, you made such a great point that this could absolutely build ratings build the aew product because they might become familiar with these wrestlers 
for the first time, fall in love with the game, and then down the road kind of be brought into that AEW ecosystem fully and watch the shows. Mm-hmm. It's and that's it's a wild thing that I don't think ex- it didn't exist when you and I were kids. No, and it's a whole new world. And um, and I and I do hope that I actually absolutely hope that happens. Okay, so Brian Danielson had a big interview this week with Dave Meltzer and I believe Garrett. And, um, uh, yeah, Papa Garrett was on that. Yeah, day. yeah, that's right. Our our boss. Um, and he's a great. He's the greatest interviewer. He's the best boss and the best interviewer, right? <laughs> n- nobody better in the business. Nobody better in the game. Definitely not aiming for a raise, Garrett. Right. <laughs> but you, there's nobody better. And I don't even know how Dave gets on the podcast. Anymore. Right. <laughs> um. But I did. I have not had a chance to listen to this interview, so I wanted to ask you, like, what were some of the big takeaways? Like, I've seen a couple of things on social media. Yeah. But you actually got to sit down and listen. Yeah, yeah. So um, I it was it was like almost two hours, man. And wow. um, And he he what I really took away from it is that this guy really, really, really loves pro wrestling. And that's the only reason why he left WWE and went to AEW, because he saw a company filled with people that actually still have their love of pro wrestling. Um, And that Tony Khan is an owner that absolutely loves pro wrestling. And then they could, Mm -hmm. they could click like that. Um, He also talked about, you know, his injury history and how he had lied. Um, He had lied to Joseph Maroon, who was um, viciously maligned in that concussion movie uh, with the NFL. They lied about that guy. He was not the villain that they made him out to be. Uh, I thought that Ooh. was pretty interesting, so I'm, I need That's to go really back and research I that. Heard any of that. Yeah, I, I watched that movie, and I just believed that Maroon was the villain, but no, Danielson says it's that's not the case at all. In fact, um, he, he was an early skeptic, but then he became a believer, and he actually helped out the NFL uh, get their concussion protocols, and I was like, oh, wow, that movie doesn't say any of that, so I, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, shout, shout out Dr. Maroon. And you were alluding <laughs> just now. Yeah, and you were alluding just now. In fact, Brian Danielson seems so genuine in his interviews. He feels yeah. so believable. That when he says something like that, you don't dismiss him out of hand because of the documentary you saw. You're like, oh, I need to dig into this deeper. Yeah. I need to do more research on this. Yeah. Um, another, another takeaway was that uh, him going to New Japan will happen. He will be in awesome. New Japan. Um, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when, just when they can get over. And I know I know now, I know some folks that are actually heading to Japan here very soon, and the limitations are not as bad as they once were. You can actually get over there now. So I think work visas are going to open up here pretty soon to where guys like Moxley and Danielson can get over there and do some matches. And I'm excited to see who who Tony Khan is able to get on a plane and fly over here as well. Yeah. I think we're going to get some of these bigger names we've been hoping for. I think I realized today I was looking for a razor today, like an electric razor to trim my beard. Um, and I came across in, in this store here in town, this big display. Hand sanitizer was four for a dollar or six dollars for a case of 24. And I'm like, well. I, I I guess COVID's over. That, <laughs> like that's what this is telling me. Yeah. And I think the Super Bowl was like the official end mm-hmm. when we look back. Even if it keeps, even if it comes back heavy again, that's the end. I don't think we're going back. And that's exciting, especially when it comes to the New Japan stuff. Because I think I think Brian Danielson would have already been over there, mm-hmm. maybe even in this last G1, 
if it were not for COVID protocols. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. He he definitely would have, would have done that. He he made it he made it very clear that that this uh, his love of New Japan is uh, is pretty strong. He would also like to go to Mexico, but unfortunately, CMLL is just not the same that it once was. Um, they the, the pandemic really hit them hard. A lot of wrestlers died there in Mexico because of COVID, and um, uh, and then AAA is is a mess. Man, they can't yeah. they can't get out oh, of their man. own they can't get out of their own way. So yeah. I, I don't know if Mexico is going to happen, but Japan is absolutely going to happen for him that that's that's incredibly exciting I'm, I'm i'm really glad to hear that um you know i want to give a quick shout out to brian alvarez back in 2005 i had been out of wrestling for a few years and a buddy of mine hit me up he's like i want you to check out this uh i want you to check out these guys brian and Vinny. and i'm like man i don't i don't i'm not interested in this i don't want to hear it it's going to be like fake shock jocks being assholes. <laughs> and and he made me listen to this episode and I turned it on and I heard like like a lightning Hopkins or somebody started like starting out the show, like old blues music. I'm like, okay, this feels like it's going to be different. And I started listening to it at work at this law firm I was working at every day. And one of the first, that first week, one of the first podcasts I heard from Brian Alvarez was an interview with the American Dragon Brian Danielson, and I had no clue who he was, no clue. But I'll never forget, like driving around at night, like finishing that podcast and being completely intrigued by this guy who might be the best wrestler in the world, who I had never ever heard of. Mm-hmm. And I like that to this day, when F4W or Wrestling Observer sits down with Brian Danielson, they're getting two hours. Yeah. They're basically getting. Like as much as they want out of him, and uh, and I and I really like that. Well, it, it helps whenever the observer has a an award literally named after <laughs> Brian Danielson. It's the he won the Brian Danielson Award this year, which was uh, <laughs> which he humbly accepted. <laughs> to me, it's like even like the like major awards like the Oscars, like you're not, like they're not named after you. Like, mm-hmm. is there any bigger like? power move than winning your own award named yeah. after you yeah. i don't think there is no i don't i don't think there is because in nba the uh the nba mvp is the bill russell award right but they didn't name that yeah. until after he retired so yeah exactly yeah which i don't know so like, you, you made me think of a funny story so or it's not really okay. funny it's just kind of like my i have a brian alvarez story too awesome right uh, or how i discovered brian alvarez so mm-hmm. in uh, 2010, I deployed to Afghanistan for the first time, right? And um, which we, branch, by the way? Air Force. Yeah. Okay, awesome. Yeah. So I, I I was out there. I worked in the uh, I worked in the hospital out there in uh, the Craig Joint Theater Hospital, Bagram Airfield, and we um, we we got attacked one night. Just bombs just going off, right? And I was like, oh shit! So I have to get in my full battle rattle. I get my weapon. I get my helmet, and uh, you know, I'm walking over to the clinic, and um, we're we're just waiting for them to kind of give us an all clear, make sure we don't have any patients, yada yada yada. But for whatever reason, um, they couldn't they couldn't clear us, and I'm like, mm-hmm. like, can we go home? Like this is this is getting ridiculous, and we're we're there for an hour at this point. So I was like, oh screw it! So I just I I just kicked on the radio there in the shop. 
shop. I got I got my gun on. We just gotten attacked. I got all my gear on, and I'm just like I'm pissed. It's in the middle of the night. I, I kick on the radio, and we go over to the Armed Forces Network, and I hear somebody talking about wrestling in this kind of like a like a high pitched voice. I'm like, who the hell is this guy? And <laughs> and he's talking about his Wrestling Observer. It's Wrestling Observer Live, um, but it wasn't live. I think it was like on a delay or something like that. They were replaying mm-hmm. it on the network there, and I'm like, oh, this is cool. So I I started to listen to Wrestling Observer Live while I was over there. That's how I discovered Brian Alvarez was through like a deployment because that show is the biggest wrestling show in the world because it's literally all over the world. Like the troops can get it in so many countries around the world. So um, that that's how I, I I became a fan of his. I already knew of Dave Meltzer because he yeah. would he would do the show called Live Audio Wrestling and I would listen to that on Sirius Satellite Radio. Yeah. Um, and I would always you know every news report was always linked to him. Um, so I knew I knew of him, but I became a subscriber after I heard Brian Alvarez on on uh, Armed Forces Radio. I love the way you worded that. Every news report is linked to him, and that still holds true to this day. Yeah. Every report from anybody, it's Dave Meltzer reported. It's but, um, it, yeah, and Sap Sap has found his way in there too. Sap is kind of like he's managed to Shepherd. get his way in. Yeah, exactly. You know, I knew they were available on Armed Forces Radio Network, and I, this is the first story I've heard of somebody discovering them there, discovering Brian there, and I really mm-hmm. like that. I know um, my best friend who he's the guy like I talk to about wrestling every single day. He's a he's a Navy guy. And I knew I like one of the things he would do before he would deploy is download every single episode of F4W Wrestling Observer. He could mm-hmm. to keep him sane out there uh, in case it took a while for him to get to a place where he could actually download anything. Yeah. And I know that all downloads took absolutely forever. <laughs> Dude, it is horrendous. So um, the second time I went to Afghanistan in 2015, it was it was a lot better, but it was still really mm-hmm. bad. But the second time, you could just get like, uh, you could go down to like the little bazaar market there and the locals, they would just put a SIM card in your phone, which now that I think about it, that sounds dangerous, but in hindsight, yeah. like I didn't yeah. know that it's just like everybody was doing it. So you would actually have data on your phone. And if you have an iPhone, you can, I was able to message my wife. I was able to FaceTime and I would just get certain amount of data. And every time I'd run out, I'd go get a new SIM card. And so that's how I would, I would listen. And I would have uh, my iPad too. And I would you know read the observers and I was listening to Brian just about every day. I don't remember if he was in Iraq or Afghanistan, but he once sent me a bunch of like bootleg DVDs he bought at some market. And <laughs> yeah. I, he sent me a WWE DVD. And on the cover, the like the, the burned cover was Vanderlei Silva and He-Man. <laughs> and I still have that bad boy somewhere. And I yeah. will treasure that to the day I die. Yeah. Um, okay. So coming up next, this, com- this coming week, we've got St. Patrick's Day Slam from san antonio we've got two title matches uh one of which may happen Britt baker versus thunder rosa in a cage i'm excited about that mm-hmm. i'd kind of predicted that one um and then wardlow versus scorpio sky like you said earlier you don't think it's going to happen mm. if it does happen i don't think it's going to end in a fair fight i think there'll be interference um what what's your take on thunder rosa versus Britt um moving forward and do you think they're going to be willing they'd be willing to change the title here on uh on rant, on dynamite and i know they've done it a lot in the mm. past but coming this closely off a of pay-per-view do you think they might hesitate because of that no i don't think they'll hesitate i i think that uh, the reason why rosa didn't win it at the pay-per-view is because they wanted to do it in san antonio 
Yeah, because I think so too. I don't know if she's from there. I know that she's currently living there. I don't know that she's, she's from, from like there. the general Texas area. Okay, because like, I because I know she went to wrestling school in San Francisco. Because mm-hmm. I know that because I was there with her one day whenever I tried to go to wrestling school. I I lasted all of one day, by the way. <laughs> we need to do. You know what? We need to do a patron only podcast. Yeah. Mike Gilbert's day at wrestling school. Yeah. I would love to go through all of that. That yeah. sounds fascinating. Yeah, Will Will Hobbs was there. There's a lot. There, yeah, Kratos was there. There's a lot of people there. Uh, you know uh, that uh, John LaRocca is connected to. But uh, yeah, I uh, yeah she she was there. I was. Um, we, we won't bury the lead here. Or we'll, we'll save it for later. But yeah, she she yelled at us a lot because she was she was in charge of getting the ring set up. So, but um, yeah. So I I think that they were just holding off. I have a, the, I have a lot of interesting thoughts. Yeah, I think they were just holding off. I have a lot of interesting thoughts about Thunder Rosa, and that plays right into them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm excited for that one. I do think Thunder Rosa is going to win. Um, I'm excited to see what's going to happen with Wardlow versus Scorpio Sky because whichever one of us is right, and I think it's probably going to be you. Like this is this is a much bigger story, and it's going to keep getting more and more interesting. And also, Thunder Rosa promised. On both her vlog and the Danhausen vlog weeks ago, that she was going to pick Danhausen up, Mike, from the airport, take him immediately to the Alamo, where he was going to do the Pee Wee Herman dance in front of the Alamo, and then take <laughs> him out for tacos in character for her taco vlog. And I did not realize when this was promised, I thought that was, oh, this is coming next week. And then it didn't come next week. And I didn't realize San Antonio was so far out. And <laughs> um and I've been giving them I've been giving them hell for, for for not doing it on the podcast. And I think Kevin probably just didn't want to tell me, like, hey man, they haven't they haven't been to San Antonio yet. <laughs> and uh so finally this is the week, and I'm hoping it's all gonna happen. Super excited about that. Um but I think those are the only two announced matches for this week. If, do, you, or am I, do you know of any I'm missing? No, I, I, th- I think I think that's it. I think the but the, obviously I mean, Baker and Rosa in a cage is huge. Yeah, that's they the have, thing. You don't really need more announced mm-hmm. than this. But especially right now, everything seems to be in flux. This this week, this dynamite felt to me like a like the reset after WrestleMania. This felt like the Raw after WrestleMania. You know, we missed FTR fired Tully. We missed that's that. That's right. We yeah, didn't that even was, talk about that. Because they, now, they did it. It was in a fleeting moment in a backstage skit that they just kind of moved on from. And it was because he wanted them to win titles? Was that it? <laughs> How dare that he? the reason? <laughs> it's like, I want you guys went, to win. <laughs> I am really concerned about where that's going. Like, I don't want, I, I, like, I really like Tully. Like, I want Tully to stay. Um, I'm fascinated by where that's going. And we didn't really get it. Like, we didn't get any indication where it was going, I don't think, other than. Mm-hmm. They fired, yeah, they just fired Tully, and clearly the pinnacle was falling apart um, this episode. Like, the pinnacle is dead. The pinnacle never really was what I thought it should be. And there were times, there were times where I would see MJF, Sean Spears, and Wardlow, and I was like, I kind of like this more than the entire pinnacle together, and maybe... And that might just be like they're going to go do their own thing now. Maybe Tully gets back in with them because he he was with them before the pinnacle. So mm-hmm. I don't I don't know. Do you have any clue where this might be going? I no, but um, they FTR did make overtures to Bret Hart on Twitter. So I don't I don't know if that's even a possibility. But yeah, yeah, I think Which, that would be cool. 
they seem to be just doing nothing but teasing us on Twitter now. Now knowing that like the the whole I just assumed when they were making these overtures in this feud with the Briscoes, I assumed they were doing it because it was going to happen and they knew it was going to happen. And now and now we know they didn't know it was going to happen because it's apparently not going to, at least not in AEW or ROH. And uh and I just love that they're just shooting for the moon and seeing what's going to land now with mm-hmm. Bret Hart. That would be phenomenal. But we're, we're coming up on the Owen Hart tournament. I feel like we're going to start seeing hearts, you know? Yeah. They already have the relationship with Bret. Um, his da- his uh, Davy Boy Jr., has he signed with anybody yet? I don't think he has. No, he has. I don't see them signing him, but I could see him mm-hmm. coming in for that tournament. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I would love, and if he did, I would assume they would do a, a quick reunion match, but with him and Lance Archer as mm-hmm. a tag team, which I would love to see that. Like, talk about your modern day road warriors. I don't think yeah. you're getting a lot closer than that these days. But um, yeah, it was. That's how wild this show was. Is I was even <laughs> like reading over recaps, to make sure I didn't miss anything, and I missed that, which is huge because I think. The more the more shows like I, I I show up on here, whether it's Bruise News with Garrett or I'm talking with you, I'm talking to Kevin. The one thing that seems to be true of every podcaster in the Fight Game Media Network is, man, we all love FTR. Like yeah. we are all, everyone is all in on FTR. They're so stinking good. Well, it's part of the survey when you're applying for the job here is like, do you like FTR? If you answer no, you're not allowed in the game. You're you're out yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um. Okay, so next we have should have been on Dynamite, which is kind of a twofold segment. Number one, you know, was there anything that happened this week in the world of AEW that should have been on Dynamite? And it's also kind of a way to say, hey, this happened. I think everybody out here that doesn't watch all the vlogs, all the like dark and elevation, if you missed it, you should go check it out. Um, I've got a couple. They're not great. uh, One of them is actually from the man who 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 gave birth to this category, which is Paul Fontaine, who would always say something should have been on Dynamite. Um, but let's start out with you. You're you're the guest host this week. You're the star of this show, yeah. Mike. What should have been on Dynamite this week? I think Swerve's first match should have been on Dynamite, um, and that's nothing against Rampage, but Rampage yeah. is a, Rampage is a show that I will watch as I get time. It's not like priority viewing. I watched yeah. it this week because I wanted to see Swerve. I, I wanted to yeah. see Swerve. Um, I think that sh- like he should have been like early on in the show and just hammering home that this this is a huge star. He's our guy, and he is going to yeah. be the next main event guy here in AEW. I would have had him, and I. I would have had the match be shorter. I would have had him just kick the crap out of Tony Nese. No, no offense, Tony Nese, you're bland. Is that is? You know, <laughs> sorry, dude. Um, but I, I, I would have put that on Dynamite. Absolutely. You, you basically just said Tony Nese is mid. You're the modern day MJF. <laughs> yeah. Um, the one that from Paul Fontaine was he posted this on Twitter while like I was not watching live. I ended up watching the show on um on, on Saturday, and uh, it was when Keith Lee was just dismantling. The, the nightmare factory when mm-hmm. he's just tearing everybody apart or the factory. Um, and then of course, Will Hobbs and Ricky Starks ran in and he's like this, this should have been on dynamite. When yeah. I saw it, I realized he's right. And so basically what you and Paul are saying is rampage this week should have been on dynamite <laughs> yeah. and maybe dynamite should have had some of these breakups yeah. spaced out over a couple of weeks and in, you know, 
yeah. sh- maybe shove these these matches in. Now, one thing is everybody talks about the, the the Rampage ratings, and one of the things in the TV world that is the hardest to get a hold of is the live plus three numbers, the live plus seven numbers. Mm-hmm. Like you can get the you can get the numbers from the night of from Showbuzz Showbuzz Daily. Yeah. Um. But you like when I was working like full time for HGTV and Travel Channel, like my higher ups would have those like DVR numbers. I would never get them. But I'm pretty convinced that like 500,000 people watch Rampage live and probably two or three hundred thousand DVR it like me and watch in the next couple of days. Yeah. So I don't think as many people miss it as, as people think. But it's still not as many people as watch Dynamite every week. That's clear. So I do think both this Keith Lee beatdown of entire faction and Swerve, I 100% agree with y'all. I think both of those legit literally should have been on Dynamite. Yeah. And, you know, uh, this – I don't know. That they can't put it on Dynamite because this is a different company, but it mm-hmm. kind of involves AEW. On uh, New Japan Strong this week, Jay White wrestled Swerve. So, oh, that's um, great. <laughs> Jay White's I been – he's been in AEW recently. I don't think – I don't yeah. know if he's coming back or not, but uh, – Yeah, I, I wonder if we got, like, one or two matches and that was it. And, again, I was so excited for, for Jay White's debut, and then I find out Tony Khan literally only signed him because he misused the phrase forbidden door. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, okay, I'm guessing this isn't a long-term signing then. No. Like I was hoping, no. like, come on. I also love that Tony Khan is such a nerd for wrestling, which I, I love it. I want, I love watching him geek out. It pisses so many people off. I love it. Cause I, it's like me when I was 12 mm. with using my GI Joe's as wrestlers and every Friday, Mike, Every Friday, I would borrow my mom's typewriter to type up the top 10 of my imaginary G.I. Joe Federation yeah. every week. Yeah. And, and I know that Tony Khan was doing that exact same stuff. Yeah, to- um, Tony Khan's just one of us, but with infinite yeah. amount of resources to do the things that we all said we could do, but we never yeah. had the chance. That's why I. That's why I like the guy. Um, he's, exactly. He and he's just like a he's just like a normal dude that just happens to have rich parents, right? Yeah. And he, and he can and, be able to do this stuff. And he has a great business mind too, to his credit. No, he absolutely yeah. does. And one of the things that gets on my nerves is like every mistake he makes, and he makes lots of mistakes. Like, get so heavily criticized. I'm like, dude, he's been booking pro wrestling for like two and a half years. (laughs) Like, that's it. Like, he's going to make mistakes. He's going to learn. Like, yeah, there there are vultures. The fact he's as good as he is right now is really impressive. Yeah. The fact that maybe the biggest problem Dynamite has is packing too much awesome stuff into one episode to where it's a little rushed and jumbled. That's a pretty good sign from a dude who's only been booking for three years. Yeah, not no, including to- his totally. potential GI Joe Federation back in the day. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's so see. If, uh, okay, if I've got the one audience... more. I've got one more. Should have okay. been anonymous. Okay. No, I was saying if the no, audience wants ahead. to you... see Jay, if the audience wants to see Jay White impact wrestling every week, yeah, he's a he, him and Chris Bayer taking on the Motor City Machine Guns this coming up week. So there you go. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. Okay, yeah. that's really. I'm glad to know that because I didn't know that match happened this week. I didn't know that match was coming up. I'm super into both of those, and this is far from the first time we've had something from a completely different federation be on Should Have Been on Dynamite. That absolutely fits. Um, mine, look, this shouldn't necessarily have been on Dynamite, but I know there's a lot of indie fans out there that might be excited about this, and that is uh, indie wrestler Session Mar- Moth Martina uh, wrestled Ruby Soho on Elevation a few years ago, Joey Janela's Spring Break, either two or three, I can't remember, 
I was front row. She was in the battle royal that was eventually won by the Invisible Man. She <laughs> grabs me by the back of the head, forces a beer down my throat, cuts my lip, and I couldn't have been more excited. She's a maniac. She's a ridiculous human being and a ridiculous character. And it was I was excited to see this person I saw from a million indie shows, usually WrestleMania weekend over the last decade, pop up in AEW. She had a ridiculous match with Ruby Soho where she kept just trying to dance with Ruby instead of actually wrestle her like grinding on her and Ruby <laughs> kept getting just disgusted and trying to get out of it. Um, so if you, if you've ever watched session Moth, Moth Martina, if you've saw that battle Royal, I'm talking about, which I don't even know if I can say the actual name of that here on the podcast, but it begins with cluster. Um, <laughs> definitely, definitely go check out elevation. It was a decent little match. Um, and that's, I think that's should have been on dynamite for the week. So we got, we got submissions from me, from Mike and from Paul Fontaine himself and um i guess that's it for the week we have way less matches than usual coming up next week but the two we have are both big they're going to be major Mm -hmm. storylines i'm sure we're going to see all the things that happened this week on dynamite we're going to see those things move forward i'm sure we're going to get more page i'm hoping we're going to get more clarification on ftr mike as a big ftr fan though who would you like to see them wrestle next? Who would you like to see them in a feud with? It's in AEW at the moment. I mean, Danielson and Moxley, right? Oh my I mean, god, God, that gives me goosebumps yeah. just thinking about it. Oh my god, I mean god. that that's the that's the match to make. I you know Hardy Boys are right there too. Um, yeah. I, I think and the that Hardy will happen Boys, eventually. Yeah, that will happen th- eventually. I think they start off with Private Party and then maybe do something with Darby and Sting. Maybe they do something there. Yeah. But um, um, yeah. but right now, I mean, you're telling me double or nothing uh, in Vegas. Oh, you come put, on. You put Moxley and Danielson versus FTR and uh, say screw the time limit. <laughs> just just go. Give, I give wonder- it to me. I wonder if they might be going in that direction and there might be a storyline where they end up needing Tully, like needing Tully to come in and even out the odds in that matchup. And they did a great job, by the way, against the workhorsemen and looking like absolute world beaters. Like mm-hmm. They look like the next unbeatable tag team. And there's a, I like that because there's so many interesting tag teams to face them off against that aren't even your traditional like young bucks Santana and Ortiz even though I really want Santana and Ortiz to be the next champions but like Daniel like Brian Danielson and John Moxley versus Sting and Darby I think is fascinating versus FTR things fascinating because we all know they're the best tag team in the world and then you have these two monsters together that's the dream and if they go right into that that's going to be awesome because it's like God knows what's going to happen after that feud mm-hmm. yeah no it just I I couldn't imagine how great that match would be, dude. It would just be insane. So before we go, like, kind of what are the storylines in AEW right now that are the most interesting to you? There's a lot of interesting stuff going on. Who are you really, Who are what characters are you the most interested in? And is there any storyline that gets you more excited than the rest? Um, so I, I like where they're going with this young bucks and red dragon storyline. They're, they're kind of slow building towards a match between those guys. Uh, they, they, we got to see them get, get it, get it on in the ring in that three way, um, at, at revolution. So I, I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. I, I am in the minority in that I actually love hangman page as a world champion. I just, I just don't think AEW has done a great job of building up heels for him. And I felt Mm -hmm. like Adam Cole was a weak challenge. Challenger. Um, so just because he had recently lost to Orange Cassidy, I don't care about the lights out stip. Sorry, dude, he lost. So yeah, um, I, I I felt like I just feel like you know I'm that was so strange. Yeah, it was such a strange decision. 
to have him yeah, lose I, to Orange Cassidy literally weeks before he was going to wrestle for the title. Yeah, that that's a WWE move, and Tony Khan doesn't do that a whole lot. So, um, yeah. I, I another one of my favorite storylines though is uh, Eddie Kingston and Chris Jericho. I I don't like the Jericho Appreciation Society name. I think that's terrible. Yeah. But I think that um, LAX or Santana Ortiz. Sorry, I'm I still got Impact Brain. Uh, yeah. Santana Ortiz are going to team up with uh, Eddie Kingston to take on you know Jericho and uh, 2.0 at some point. And I, I think that's yeah. going to be an incredible match too. So I'm really excited about that. Like I I Eddie Kingston is one of my absolute favorites over the last year. And like they talked about on Dynamite this week, he's lost all of his big matches until this. And I really do hope we get a little bit of a push, whether it, like whether it's in this trios match or as a single. Like I hope we get some big stuff out of Eddie Kingston going forward. When it comes to the Red Dragon thing you were talking about, like Tony Khan recently talked was asked about the trios division. He said we're kind of waiting for Kenny Omega to come back. Yeah, and like this whole Red Dragon thing feels like it's going to be Red Dragon and Adam Cole versus the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. And I'm excited for the trios division to kick off. And if that's the way they're going to kick it off, man, like just shove it down my throat. Oh, yeah. Don. Like I am here <laughs> for it. Give it all to me. Uh, like I'm ready. Like that is so freaking exciting. Um, and of course, the FTR stuff you were talking about earlier, of course, is also like top of the list. Mm -hmm. Um. One thing we talked about before the show that I forgot, this will be our last topic here because we're at a minute, we're, we're at an hour, basically an hour and a half, is um, is Adam Page. Is, is Hangman Adam Page gotten a lot of criticism, but he has now been in the main event of two of their highest rated pay-per-views, yeah. most bought pay-per-views of all time. I hadn't heard that, but you were telling me that this last one, Revolution, was one of the top maybe three in AEW history. Yeah, because All Out is their top in AEW history, and I think this one, yeah. this one, Revolution was like number two or number three. I think it was. Yeah, I think it might have been right behind the um, the exploding barbed wire death match from last year. I think Which it was great until the <laughs> non explosion. It was a great show until then. Yeah, but I I think that uh, yeah, as far as buy rates go, I know Mel Meltzer had all the the numbers in the 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 Observer okay. uh, this week. So, but yeah, it, it, it's you know he's been in and then. Um, in November, what was the name of the full gear in November was yeah. uh, was right up there too. So, um, I I don't think the failure of this run is on him. I think Tony Khan no. hasn't done a good job of getting um, a heel for him to be to to feud with. I know they they turned Danielson heel, which I don't understand. I didn't understand that. Um, they, and now he's in a tag team, so it doesn't even feel like he's in that picture anymore. No, yeah. So and Moxley, I thought at one point Moxley was going to get a run at, at Page, and now I he, thought he was going to be. Yeah. I thought he was planned originally to be first. Yeah. Now he's kind of out of that as well. Right. Uh, oh, they never got the rematch with Omega because Omega got hurt. They went with Lance Archer, but you know everybody like the moment you heard Lance Archer's name, nothing against him. Yeah. But you knew that his old ass wouldn't win in that title, right? You knew it I was going to be him. I was excited for the match, and we got a good match. Yeah. And then it was over, just like everybody thought. And you're you're right. The failure is not on Adam Page, and it's on Tony Khan. I think it's a couple of reasons. One, you're 100% right. They haven't built up the heels. Like, like even the heels they have, they're not putting the right ones in with him. And number, and maybe maybe that's because he's going to be champion for a lot longer than a lot of us think. So they're spacing things out. But the other thing, and this is something Kevin Ely really hits home a lot on here on the show, is he's not on camera very much. Mm -hmm. Like, after a match, like, 
he started out shows and, and had these bloody matches and they never like check back with him in the back. Like Tony Schiavone's not talking to him while he's covered in blood or anything like that. Where when Kenny Omega was the champion, he was everywhere. He was everywhere in every episode, um, multiple times per show. And we're not seeing that we get a tiny bit of Adam page, usually kind of being a little bit of a prick to the dark order. Um, and that's all we're really getting. We, we, we're not getting as much of the champion as I think we should. And I don't mean wrestling. I think we've gotten more wrestling out of champion Adam Page than maybe the last few champions. Yeah. Um, I think that's arguable. Um, but we're not. Li- we're just literally not seeing him as much on television. I think that's a mistake. Well, I and I don't think that we've seen a great feud for us to sink our teeth into. Yeah, I, to I, bring him out on TV more, right? Because he's had those two those two incredible matches with Danielson, and then the the Lance Archer match was also awesome. Um, the Adam Cole match, for what it was worth, it was was a really good match. I just thought Cole was a weak challenger. That's another one. Um, That's another so, one, Mike. Yeah. That's another one where I was I knew it was going to be a good match, and I was excited for the match. But I knew Adam Cole wasn't going to win. And that takes a little something off. Um, And that's why, as much as I really liked Revolution, it never felt like as good as there was. Again, there was a ton of great matches like Dave gave like a million four star matches, no five star matches, which is still a great show. It never felt like all out because there wasn't the big main event. There wasn't the real like there was a ton of things which felt like they could main event a show. But there wasn't that big Kenny Omega Adam Page match that had been brewing for years that everybody wanted it always. And so it kind of landed in AEW history, kind of where it feels like it maybe should have, which is right, right behind the greatest show they've ever done. And a show that was going to be the greatest show they'd ever done until they they kind of screwed over, um, definitely screwed over Eddie Kingston in the finish. Yeah. And yeah. John Moxley. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. But I, I like and I don't like it really frustrates me to see all the hate that Adam and I don't want to I shouldn't say hate. Basically, everybody kind of putting this on Adam Page. And I think he doesn't quite deserve it. I think you're right on that. Yeah. Okay, before we wrap up, where can people follow you online? Uh, Like, how do they find you on Twitter? All of that. Yeah, I'm on Twitter at MikeGilbert311. Yesterday was 311 day, so I was uh, representing with my 311 playlist um, going all out yesterday. So, yeah, MikeGilbert311 on Twitter. I I don't have an Instagram or a Snapchat because I am a married man, um, so I'm not messing around with that stuff. But you can can find me on Twitter. Brace for Impact, my podcast. You can get it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, right here on this network, right here on the Fight Game Media Network. Or if you want to hear a little bit of Extra Man, hit us up on Patreon. Go to Fight Game Media or Patreon.com slash Fight Game Media. Sorry about that. Uh, and every Friday you'll you'll get a you'll get your weekly dose of impact. And from from what people tell me, I have a lot of non-impact fans uh, listen yeah. to our show and they reach out to me like, dude, we don't we don't really care about impact, but a you're making us care about impact and we're gonna start watching it. Or we're not gonna start watching again, but you guys are so damn entertaining. We just like the show, so we just listen to it every week. And and I get a lot of that too. So uh, come on join us man join get in on the conversation we do q a's we do all kinds of cool stuff man and and uh hang out with us over there give impact a chance everybody come on now and listen y'all we all know impact is probably the least watched major wrestling show out there and i've seen some ratings garrett showed me some things you guys are one of the highest rated shows here on the fight game media network and i think that says a lot about you says a lot about jd 
Thank you so much for stepping in and uh, and filling Kevin Ely's shoes this week. Really appreciate it. Kevin will be back next week. Um, as always, everybody fi- find me online at Peppermint Fatty on every social media platform except TikTok. Throw an X on either end of it on TikTok. Not like I'm out here like doing a lot of dances, y'all, but I am there. And uh, until next week, everybody, hope you have a great time. Hope you have a great week. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.